The Kinky Boys Podcast. Exploring one kink at a time. Hello, welcome to the Kinky Boys Podcast. I'm Craig. And I'm Arzer. And today we will be talking about all the aspects of cigar play. I'm very excited about this and I'm pleased to announce we have a very wonderful guest, um, the president of the Manchester Leathermen, uh, Sir Tony. Hi guys. Hi. Pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thank you. Yes, I've been wanting you on for a while and uh, yes, so we're here to talk about cigar play. Uh, but first, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Um, who are you? How long have you been in the scene? Um, okay, so I'm Tony, otherwise known as Daddy T. I've been on the leather scene for um, over 20 years, let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I started at quite a young age um, in London. So started when London had a fantastic leather scene. So when... We had the Colhan, um, we had the original Block, um, the LA, um, the Anvil. Later on, we had um, Hoist, which started off in one one arch. So, yeah, I've been around the leather scene for a few years. Um, always see, been um, very much a dominant top, so, mm-hmm. uh, even though I started at quite a young age. So, uh, sort of cigar play falls in with that really nicely. Brilliant. Um, so how did you first get into cigar play? Was it something that's always been there or did you, or was it one of those fetishes where you experience it or see it and you think, oh, I, I'd quite like to try that? Um, to be honest, it's interesting because my dad was a heavy smoker in terms of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So any form of smoking, I never really liked. It was never <clears> a turn on for me. Um, and actually didn't get into even smoking cigars until quite close to my 40th birthday and uh it was i was drunk out with friends smoking and i said let me try one and it was for me what was interesting about it because i was i've always been a very anti-smoker um mm-hmm. eventually my dad died of health complications due to me smoking it was something that really really against so never really saw it as a fetish never really interested me Yet, as soon as I picked up a cigar, especially in leather, it just, the two just goes together so well. And mm-hmm. um, quite quickly, when, you, when you're in full leather smoking cigars, you seem to attract boys who like sir smoking cigars. <laughs> Funny how that works. It is. It is. It's a bit weird how that works, isn't it? Um, and uh, so the first thing for me was finding that Boys would like to do things like lick my boots while I, while I was smoking, and um, and the fact that I was smoking was a, a big turn on for me. So in terms of my first interest in cigar play, it was very much really basic. I'll smoke while you mm-hmm. do stuff to me, and, and I'm guessing that's how most people get into it. So uh, whereas you know later on you can there's lots of other stuff that you can do with cigars, but at first it's more what people would do to you while you smoke. Oh yeah, I mean it's such a classic leatherman visual. Just, you know, the full bluff bluff gear and just 
smoking away on the big rolled up cigar. It it's a very charged image. It is, and uh, yeah. you know, it's um, it's something that I sort of a lot of my um leather fetish, my leather fantasies come from the fact that believe it or not, my parents ran a country and western club, and. <laughs> So uh, I'm I'm yes, sorry to, to, to laugh. As an American, it's it's always when someone says we have a country and western bar in London, it always is like uh, there's actually a British pub in uh, California that I've been to, and I'm like, this this feels a little like crossing the streams. It is a bit. And, oh, uh, but those... my parents were massive country and western fans, and they used to have they used to have um, pretty much every other week a different um, band, um, country western band, staying at the house. So the house would be full of big bears often wearing leather waistcoats and um, sometimes chaps. And yeah, I wonder where my taste comes from. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so leather and cigars is something that's for me, that's always gone together. Brilliant. So when did you start shifting away from just the visual of it and actually using them in play? I mean, how did that start? Did you learn from someone or was it... No, I don't think it was such a, a sort of conscious decision. I um, I think the first time that I ashed a boy was the fact that I was smoking and fucking him and my ash fell on his back. <laughs> that, was, that was the discovery point and because he really enjoyed it. Eureka. So, exactly. It was one of those moments. And then you sort of realize that uh, actually this is really hot. And the fact that the more I use his back as an ashtray, that the mm-hmm. hard is fighting me. So, you know, those two <laughs> things are going together. That that sounds like a nice visual. Um, uh, and one thing about visuals I've always wanted to ask. So is a cigar always just a cigar? To very badly misquote Freud. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, Freudian psychology. Never ask a behavioral psychologist about Freudian psychology. Um <laughs> Would you prefer if we pivoted to Jung instead? No, Skinner. Um, <laughs> well, at least at least Pavlov, and we're going to conditioning. Um, we've gone off on a completely wrong tack here, haven't we? Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a topic that's near and dear to our heart. Anyway, my yeah. boy is a, a psychologist. He has his doctorate, and believe it or not, he is right now sitting for his licensure exam. So it's very timely. <laughs> I mean, I would like to have your boy on sometime to talk about this. And Tony, you as well, since you have a background in psychology, I would love to do a whole episode just dedicated to the psychology behind King and Fetish in general. Okay, more than happy. Yeah. That, that sounds like a good. Uh, that sounds like a good episode in the making. Just let me yeah. know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, do you think it is basically a big visual metaphor? Because I can't help feeling this because I always see people, especially on the internet, uh, um, they always seem to go for the huge cigar and i've actually come across people that photoshop the cigars to look bigger than they actually are and i just can't get away from okay i think we all know what's going on here and i have a friend who's into cigar play i have seen him put cigars into his mouth where literally i i wondered how he's able to breathe at all it's about jawbreaker size yeah they're generally about 140 gauge they 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 look almost comedic it's um is it a phallic symbol um I think it's more personally, um, it's not phallic to me. Um, although even I've used cigars um, to fuck boys with. Um, and um, so I don't see it necessarily as a phallic symbol in any 
it's just but maybe that's just the way my brain works. I don't see people eating bananas as a as a phallic thing either. It's just a banana. Um, <laughs> but I think it's the I think it's the the, the 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 larger the cigar to an extent because sometimes they do look start to um, the larger the cigar, it looks more manly, more um, aesthetically pleasing. Because mm-hmm. if you if smaller cigars, especially historically tended to be smoked by ladies. Yeah, like cigarillos and the like. Absolutely. So how effeminate it was. So the larger the cigar, therefore, more masculine it is. And I think there's a there's a connection to masculinity, the larger the it with large cigars. Yeah, I mean classically in society cigars have been some statuses of power. You know, you had the businessmen and the rich. Yeah. Um, and they were all larger larger gauge cigars. Yeah. Rather than cigarello, I mean. Well, this actually uh, brings us up to uh, our next question. So you, you have these cigars of, of varying sizes, and uh, one would assume varying qualities. Mm. We've, we've gone a bit over hot ash. What other types of activities do you typically engage with, like smoke exchange, for example? Yes, yeah, smoke exchange is a um, one of my favorite things to do with cigars. Um, it, in, and there's so many ways to do that. Obviously, there's mouth-to-mouth, which is very common. Um, that and while you're basically kissing, snogging, you can have a mouthful of smoke, and at the end of it, you both blow that smoke out, and that's mm-hmm. really hot. Um, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you've got um the other ways of doing it, which are more forced ways of doing it. So things like simply um a gas mask with a tube and making always smoke through that um that can become really heavy really quickly so um depending on the boy's ability and how used they are to to doing that um you will send a boy green very quickly if you do that and they're not used to it and unless you're into uh, puke play it's probably not going to be the scene that you've been looking for um <laughs> but so it, it also becomes a form of breath control at that point because the the smoke itself is actually reducing the amount of oxygen, and therefore by reducing the amount of oxygen, you get a a high from it. And one of the things that lots of people don't realise is the actual, not just the the nicotine buzz that you get from smoking cigars, but it's also slightly reducing the amount of oxygen. You get a little bit of a high from that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and cigar smoking as a smoker, what you get out of it is. Yes, it's the look, it's the taste of it, but it's also, it gives you such a nice buzz. And so if you add that to play, it's not enough of a buzz to stop you being able to think clearly. So it's not going to affect your ability as a top, and it's not going to affect the scent. But at the same time, it can give the player a really nice buzz and a really good feeling. So... um but yeah, so so any form of um, um, sharing of smoke, whether that's um, mouth-to-mouth or any form of apparatus where you've got them bound, it, it's very sexy. Um, so again, it's and and that can be both ends. I've I've um, had boys where I've put speculums up them and blown hot um, smoke up their ass as well. Wow, and they can feel that. So. <laughs> The one and only good context to blow smoke up someone's ass. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe I just took the same too, literally. Um, 
But yeah, in so in terms of the in terms of um yeah, I think there's three parts to to cigars. There's obviously the physical cigar itself and that that the smell of that, the feel of that, the um the insertion of that uh, um is part of the play. There's the um the smoke um and how you can have someone take that smoke into their body whether that, that, that be through the nose, through their mouth, through their anus. Um, and then you've got the ash. And ash is really when you start to look at ash, it's um, the hot, warmer ash. Putting that on the body is a sensation play. Um, mm-hmm. putting, putting that on your boots, dropping ash on your boots and making your boy lick that off your boots. That's about the taste, the feel of the ash, and also the, the, the feeling of being controlled and made to do something that's quite, that's very submissive, by being, it, by being made to lick ash off someone's boot that they've just dropped on their boot. So it's, oh, it's, it's those three, it's really, in terms of play, it's those three parts of cigars that you get to play with. Now, we're talking about cigars in sort of a generic way right now. Are there any sort of brands? or types that are better for certain activities than others? Um, so when you start to talk about brands and types, cigars are a bit like wine. Um, it's about it's about the flavor, it's about the body of them, and, and that means it's a lot of it's very individual. Um, mm-hmm. What people actually enjoy, what people like, is very individual. So And even down to you can take the same cigar and... Um, at a different level of humidity, it will taste different. So you you then get into the different types of cigars, but also how moist you keep those cigars, because that in again will change the flavour. Um, there are general rules of thumb. Um, the 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 two things about cigars that um to bear in mind if you're choosing cigars, as I said, it's about taste. As a rule of thumb, um, the darker the cigar, the stronger the flavour. Um, there are exceptions to that, but in the most part, that's you. Um, if you pick up a cigar and it's a really dark cigar, and you can smell it. It's almost chocolatey. Um, that's probably if you're new to cigars, that may be a little strong for where you want to start. The other thing about cigars is the gauge. It's the size of the cigar. And you said about the you know the, the huge gauges and and some of those are. Um, you know, they're, they're very difficult to find now. In fact, one of the major manufacturers of them um, went, um, actually stopped making them, the 140 gauges. When most when you look at most cigar guys smoking the larger cigars, they tend to be 70, 80 gauge. And basically what that means, that when I talk about gauge, it means how many times a cigar is rolled. So, oh, okay. Okay. so basically the old myth of them being rolled on virgin's knees is a myth. They're, they're rolled on a piece of leather with the hand rolled ones. And, um, but how many times that you roll, um, the cigar in, in the tobacco is, um, literally the, the gauge that we're talking about. So when you talk about the larger gauges, most people who smoke larger gauges will be 70 or 80 gauge. Um, because that's a really nice, and that's my favorite gauge. 70s, um, my favourite brand, personally, um, I like Asylum. Um, Asylum 13, Asylum Schizos are, for me, that's the, in terms of flavour, in terms of size, they're fantastic. Um, 
it depends what one of the things that will vary as well is where in the where in the world you are um mm -hmm. because it's what you can get hold of and also um price so one of the things that here in the uk trying to get hold of cigars larger gauge cigars is virtually impossible without importing them and um even if you when you do get hold of cigars the actual cost of them in the uk is horrendous um they are incredibly yeah. <laughs> expensive well that's the case just about everywhere though um it's the whole idea of the the quote-unquote syntax which is uh not a programming thing but but rather uh, an attempt to assign a financial cost to behaviors that society finds to be either detrimental or suboptimal in some way. I, I know that because here in Washington state, they imposed a tax on hard liquor that's so high, it adds about 30% to the value of any hard liquor product you buy. And you really don't want to know how much cannabis is taxed at. Cannabis is taxed at an astronomical rate. So tobacco is, is in that family of things that sort of uh, the Oliver Cromwell set seems to feel should be uh, financially de-incentivized. Um, we have the same here. Um, yeah, it, the UK is largely very much the same. But, it, but in terms of, if you think about Europe, Europe is not really that dissimilar to America, whereas in, if in Europe you can go from country to country and the taxes vary in the same way that you can go from state to state. So um, I know in, for example, in um, Illinois, people drive across to Michigan because the the ta the, the um, tax on tobacco is so much um, lower than it is in Illinois, and um, so it does in the same way. I import my my cigars from Germany because the tax on um, on cigars in Germany is much much lower, and because it's within Europe. I don't have to to pay import taxes. That that brings up an interesting point I hadn't considered. Are there any outlets you would recommend as being better for purchasing cigars than others in terms of pricing or availability? I mean, personally, I use um, Hasiko, um, which is um, the Hamburger um, Cigarren. Um, it's a very it's an on um, it's a online shop um, based in Germany, as I say. I import um, them from them because I don't have to pay the tax. I've used um, an, I'm trying to remember, Atlantic cigars um, for based in the US. Um, the trouble is, then you get if they if the um, tax man finds you that you're in, in trying to import them, we get heavily taxed on them. So, um, for, to be honest, it's it, it really is about um, in in terms of whichever country you're in, asking around trying to find out um, recommendations. Um, and I mean, it, in the US is interesting as well because the, the it seems to, I, I'm, I used to travel across the US um, in my last job. Um, this year, I, I actually managed to my 25th state, so I'm halfway through, and um, <laughs> Louisiana. Um, but it seems to vary from state to state in how easy or hard it is to get larger gauge, gauge cigars. And I think that's affected by the tax, um, but it's also affected by um, the culture. Um, Texas, for example, is really easy to get much larger gauge cigars because it's much more part of the Texan culture. Whereas if you go up to um, so Washington State, um, it's much harder to get larger gauge cigars. There's, there's, an, 
there's an odd correlation in this uh, country between how liberal a state is and how hard it is to get a hold of things that people find to be scientifically uh, bad for your health. It's very odd. The more liberal they are, the more restrictive they are. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and that's probably why we've got to a point where it's very restrictive, and uh, it's uh, yeah. So as I say, it's for me, it's um, it it really is about asking around whichever country you're based in. If you're based in Europe, I say that the, the website I use is it, uh, I'll spell it for you. It's H A C I C O. Um, they've been really good. I I get my um my asylum schizos from them. Um, I pay around seventy euros for a box of twenty, which for us is really cheap, really cheap. Um, but it's it, it really and and again I found that out from um from recommendations from friends. So it really is out just trying to find out from friends where they get their cigars. If you see someone's putting a big cigar and you like the look of it, ask what it's what brand it is, ask where they get it from. It's a great way of sparking up um, a conversation and it's also a great way of learning more about cigars and, and um, different people's tastes. If you try if you buy thinking of buying a box of cigars, I'd always suggest ordering a single one first. Try it before you buy it because you don't want to end up buying a box of large gauge cigars, especially if you're new to um, smoking cigars, and um, and I say smoking cigars, not smoking cigarettes, because it's entirely different. But if you're new to smoking cigars, then you probably want to start on a smaller gauge. You probably want to try the cigar first to see if you could, if you actually like it. And um, so buy a single, get it delivered, and then if you like it, go buy a box. But it's it's a much better way of doing it, and and when you do start, do start on the smaller gauges. So um, if you don't, if you if you you probably won't want to go as low as something like a Cigarello, but maybe something like a Churchill, maybe a sixty-four gauge, yeah. um, and and also shorter. So you're talking um, four inches rather than say seven inches. So it, it the smaller and shorter. Um, what that does is enable you to just build up your tolerance of the tobacco, tolerance of the taste. Um, and again, is, as I say, it's very different from cigar smoking, uh, sorry, cigarette smoking. And whenever you see, you can always tell a cigarette smoker when they first start smoking a cigar because they'll try and smoke it like they do a cigarette and, um, and basically choke within seconds because... <laughs> Yeah. they're trying to take all of that smoke into their lungs in the way that they do with a cigarette and then and their lungs can't cope with it <laughs> and uh, whereas cigar smokers smoke take the smoke into their <coughs> into their mouth a certain small amount will end up in the lungs but the majority of it's it's about flavor it's about the taste so it's it's more about it's more in the mouth than it is in the lungs i would imagine that also decreases your risk of lung cancer it decreases your risk of lung cancer it can increase your risk of um, throat cancer, but um, life is, you know, life increases your risk, risk of dying um, <laughs> by a hundred percent. I'm told. <laughs> I remember um, I've done Chinese martial arts all my life, and, and um, my uh, an old Taoist teacher of mine said, if you gave up drinking, gave up having sex so much, um, gave up smoking, you'd live longer. And I, my response was, yes, but why would I want to? 
Um, <laughs> I think the best way I've heard it put is you end up existing longer, but you're not living longer. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now, I've been learning from you and your boy about how to get started, cigars, and a lot of the websites I've seen offer um, selection packs. Yep. Um, with all the different flavors would you recommend like say after you've had your first cigar you've decided you, you do like it you want to try it would those selection packs be a like the next point on just to see yeah. which flavors you like absolutely and, and again um ask for ask for recommendations from mm-hmm. people ask what they like ask what they've tried and um it, and it's that expression this suck it and see You've yeah. got to try it and you've got to see what see what you like. But even with the selection packs, again, smaller gauge, shorter ones if possible, build up your tolerance to it before you start. You don't want to go and buy a selection pack of seventy gauges, seven you know, seven, seven inches long, seventy gauges, and then find you never had you've never smoked one of them without turning green. Um and I say that because I've seen friends do that and it's it's almost for one of them it almost put him off smoking cigars and so because he wanted to smoke the same cigars that we were smoking and and that's nice but at the same time realistically it's like anything your body has to build up a tolerance to it your body has to be able to adapt and um so jumping in the deep end isn't going to help and it's not it's not going to be pleasant when you're turning green (laughs) i imagine not um i think that's a good point to bring up so a lot of people do where they swallow ash. Yep. Is that something you have to learn and practice? Um, the so uh, let's be just to be clear about when you say you swallow ash. So um, I mentioned about things like licking ash off of someone's boots. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, that's very that's very cold ash. That's very different to taking hot ash. So um, again, the there's a there's a is a difference between the two. Um, the great thing about ash is it's very inert. It's burnt. It's not, you know, you're not going to catch anything from ash because it's literally sterile because it's been burnt. Um, so that's the good side. The the thing about ash when you're first learning to take ash, um, it's about having a lot of liquid in your mouth. Um, mm-hmm. It's not. It's, a, it's it's a bit like um, I'm sure you've seen fire eaters and how they're able to take. You know, put um, balls of fire out into in their mouth because yep. they've got a lot of liquid in their mouth. <laughs> That's the trick to it. And, and um, so taking ash is is no different. What ash will do to your mouth very quickly is dry your mouth out, especially if if you're say licking ash off boots. And so you've got to, be able to keep washing your mouth through, whether you're washing your mouth through with water or just saliva. But it's keeping your mouth mm-hmm. quite quite, uh, quite moist. Because otherwise, you, you'll be like a cat coughing up a furball quite quickly. <laughs> yeah, not so hot. Not really, no. <laughs> but in terms of, and again, um, getting used to take ash. If I if I know a boy is is experienced at taking ash, um, I'm going to be far less careful about the ash that I give them. I'm not saying I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to be putting a, a cigar out on their tongue. But if a boy is very new to it. I'm going to be giving them really, really, you know, cold ash just to get used to being able to take that in their mouth and say thank you for it, of course. Of course. <laughs> so, but in terms of um, it's it's like any any kink, you can take it to extremes. 
and some people want very hot ash to a point of some people want to be burned by the cigar um in the same way that some people play with with cigarettes and want to be burned with cigarettes it's not my thing um you know i'm not gonna yuck somebody's yum if that's what if it's consensual and it it, it tickles their pickle fair mm-hmm. enough um but it's not something that i do but um so i'm i want the boy to take the ash i want the boy to enjoy the ash but i'm not looking to burn the boy and cause any lasting damage and that's and some of that is also about knowing how how much the boy can take what they're experiencing so they know how to keep enough moisture in them to stop that from burning burning them brilliant um i think that should lead us nicely on to we always like to talk about safety aspects and go through a big the list of the checklist of the do's and don'ts and what you've got to be careful for. so obviously we've covered the fact that ash is hot and you're dealing with um potential burning um of the skin or whatever and you know it's basically heat play yeah um can be yes yes not always but it can be and but it's when you're flicking ash um the thing is to to make the more that the ash is spread out the the more it is it's less likely to burn so if you flick ash over a boy's back say you're fucking them and you flick ash over their back that ha- ah, that ash in terms of sensation play will fit, make make them feel hot but it's not enough to burn them because it it cools down really quickly because it's broken up into small pieces so a lot like wax play then even though it gives the sensation of heat, because of the rate it cools and disperses, it makes it quite safe. Yeah, exactly. And okay. um, and again, but if you if you if you put a large clump of very hot ash on someone's back, that's going to burn. Um, they may want that, but that's about <laughs> consent. First, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but in terms of so when I'm ashing, it's about spreading that hot hot ash over them because they'll get that initial sense of heat. But it goes really quickly, and it's not even enough. And I like body hair. I like bears. It's not enough to chair. You won't. You won't be. You know, getting that singed bear smell. It's not gonna. <laughs> it's not gonna do anything like that. So, so not like when I wander into the kitchen. No, <laughs> no, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be unless you're unless it's what you want and it's by consent. <clears throat> but as I say, doesn't tickle my pickle. So. One thing we've wondered is, is it best to ask if they have any health conditions like with their lungs, say asthma, before play? Because I imagine it would be quite an irritant if like, you're doing breath play and smoke play with them and they suddenly start having an asthma attack. Absolutely, of course. I mean, it's like any form of BDSM. It's about communication. It's about consent. And, you know, knowing that someone has a health issue is very useful. Um, It doesn't... It doesn't stop you playing. It may change how you play. So you may not want to do, you may not want to give someone smoke through a gas mask if they've got asthma problems, but then there's nothing to stop them licking ash off your boots, for example. You just play in a different way. And, and of course, it's the aesthetic thing as well. So they may not want to, unknown boys who don't want to take the smoke, they're not into having that. They can't not even for medical reasons they just don't like to take the smoke but at the same time they um love to you know to um lick a sir's boots or sucking mm-hmm. while they're smoking 
and that's for them that's a very different kink but it's still the cigar play if you want is still involved in that kink but it's just it's more aesthetic than it is um tactile or, or you know then actually come into contact with the cigar itself or the smoke or the ash so it, it really does depend on what people are into what terms are on about cigars and also you're right any any health issues have to be discussed in the same way they would be if you've in any other form of bdsm nice um so in the states i know there's a big event called smoke out yes fantastic uh, have you been i have um it's held in Las Vegas, and um, it's about 600 guys. They hire out uh, one of the um, a venue called, um, off the top of my head, it's Alexis Park. It's opposite the um, the Hard Rock Cafe Hotel. So it's very close to the Strip and not on the Strip. Really nice venue. Um, very hot guys, especially people like me into American affairs, smoking cigars, and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would highly recommend yeah. <laughs> it's really hot it really really hot and does the uk or europe have a sort of equivalent so we have um smoking nights so for example back mm-hmm. in london has one and um, we've had some in manchester um we don't have a smoking event in the same way that uh is i think smoke out is almost quite unique in that but at the same time, you will find at any large event, you will find people smoking cigars. Um, so whether that's Folsom Europe, whether it's Manchester Leather Weekend, in any large event in Europe, you're going to find people smoking cigars in the same way you do in the US. Um, it's, I think there's a more, it's, it's interesting because it's, um, it, again, it goes when you when whenever you go to the the US, with, with, depending on which area you're in, there seems to, it seems to be more or less prevalent. So I was at um, I was in oh God, the name's gone out of my head. Um, um New Orleans for um, God, Mard- no, Mardi Gras. That's the only thing I associate with New Orleans. Um, oh wait, there's I, another. There's another event too. I'm, I think I know the one you mean. It's not Mardi Gras. No. It's, it's people used to come to back to Texas all the time and tell me about it. Now I've completely blanked on it. Wow, I'm getting old. <laughs> just, <laughs> just completely forgot what it's called. Um, anyway, so that for, so what was interesting was um, going there this year. How few people I saw smoking cigars. It, it, it just and how many people came up to me and. We're talking about the fact that I was smoking a cigar, and that's it's just again. I think it seems to be different parts of um, the U.S. seems to be more common than others, and I think I think like everywhere the the, the health effects of smoking mostly from cigarettes has um, percolated into the the um, culture, and um, it's people start seeing people smoking and therefore big big cigars and just think oh that's just a that's just a um yeah a, a lung disease lung cancer waiting to happen really um and and i think there's also a lot of, so the things there's a lot of preconceptions around cigar smokers and cigar play not not to interrupt but by the way the event we were trying to remember is southern decadence, southern decadence. <laughs> just look it up on google <laughs> I should remember it. I, I say I was there this year. I, I missed three days because I was transferring um, flights in Houston. 
And I just, sorry, I just couldn't remember the, the event. Um, <laughs> yeah, Houston has a comparable event, by the way. Louis, let us entertain you. Oh, really? Uh, comparable to Smokehouse? Or well, a com- comparable to Southern Decadence. It's uh, oh, okay. a... I, I love coming to the US. Um, not just for the big bears, but that's a bonus. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as I say, it seems to be um, different places you go to in places in the US. Whereas I think in in Europe, maybe because it's smaller, you go to any of the the leather, particularly leather events, and there will be guys smoking cigars. Um, it seems to be less favourable in rubber, and I think that's because a hot ash smoke you know hot ash and rubber don't tend to go very well together and also smoking mm-hmm. outside in rubber in cold weather doesn't seem to go very well either um, rubber can so, also hold smells too yeah that's true so does so does um leather actually that's some another part of cigar play that i i should have mentioned is the leather the gloves yeah the smell of um, leather gloves where you've been smoking cigars I literally have had a guy who I started to gom him in a play club um, in mm-hmm. in Birmingham, and um, he basically went, uh, "I'm sorry, I'm, I'm done." <laughs> 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 He's shot in his pants. <laughs> just wow! From, just from the combination of the smell of um, leather and cigar, achieved I mean, and unlocked. A... <laughs> 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 I mean, it's a gorgeous. Gorgeous smell when a guy has smoky gloves. Yeah. I, as you can tell, I am one of these people that it just really gets me. I mean, I'm very scent based in general, so leather, cigar smoke, it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. I'm, I don't know why that didn't occur to me earlier, but yes, it's uh, that that gumming. If, if guys are into gumming, then uh, adding that smoke to the leather really, really does. I think heighten that smell and make it even stronger. And I think the heat also brings out the, the smell of the leather. So you, the, the leather smell is stronger. Combine that with the smell of cigars. And the smell of cigarettes is disgusting. It's horrible to me. Um, and I think a lot of people find the smell of cigarettes horrible. But the number of people when you're smoking cigars who will literally come up to you and, and say, I love the smell of cigars. I couldn't smoke one, but I love the smell of them. Oh yeah, cigars basically use the actual leaf, whereas from what I understand, cigarettes basically use um, the plant equivalent of lips and arseholes. <laughs> <laughs> that is one plant I never want to see in my life. <laughs> right out there. Um, nothing wrong with lips and arseholes. Um, the... Um, uh, the other thing about cigarettes is they're they're full of chemicals. Cigars are, in the most part, um, have far less chemicals than the natural tobacco, and um, so then the tobacco can have chemicals on it, obviously from the spraying, etc. But the um, actual they're not adding chemicals to the tobacco when it's rolled, whereas cigarettes they add and you know a lot of chemicals that actually add to that smell. And that's why it's quite much more civic. Um, where cigar, obviously cigar smoke is, is much more. A lot of people have um, very fond memories of cigar smoke. So for a number of people I've met, it's reminds me of things like Christmas because their dad or their granddad would smoke a cigar at Christmas. And so it can even evoke really strong memories from their past. For me, oddly enough, it's my grandmother. Oh, okay. 
she used to smoke big cigars when I was younger. And it... <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, for, for me, it's just yeah. every bar I have I have ever been in, every leather bar, with the odd, well, not odd exception of Massachusetts. Uh, Massachusetts bars are practically smoke free for the most part. Even when I was younger, you would not get cigars as often. And then I moved to Dallas, and it's it's like oxygen. It's everywhere. Uh, uh, can so can you smoke indoors in your state? It varies. Um, most of the states that still allow you to smoke indoors are in the South. Again, it's that whole, the more liberal a state is, the more restrictive it tends to be. Oddly enough, Texas, uh, you know, some of the cities like Dallas started to say, hey, take it out to the patio. But, uh, for example, here in, in the uh, Portland, Oregon area, they actually don't have a roof per se to the back room. They've actually made it so that it's like covered-ish, but it opens up to the sky which you would think is not a great tactical decision in a place mm-hmm. where it rains all the time, but that lets them get around the law. Then they say, no, no, no. I know that's a room. I know it's connected and it's got kind of a roof, but as you can see, you can look up and, and see the clouds and everything. That's a patio. And then they, yeah, you find some places in England doing that. Cause obviously we've had a smoking ban for quite a while. Um, back in my hometown, there was quite a fancy hotel and they had a smoking room that they could get away with. Because it was technically a yurt. It was a non-permanent tent-like structure with an open hole in the middle. Yeah, that's actually, uh, as, as you may or may not know, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, former governor of California, was very big on cigars. But of course, when he was governor, he couldn't have them inside. So uh, he arranged to have a tent like that set up outside <laughs> of the uh, building so he could uh, go out with others and partake. I mean, Tony, you probably know more than me. You can smoke in a designated sampling area. Yes, so you do get some cigar um, shops have cigar rooms, smoking rooms. Um, they they seem to get around that law by no employees <coughs> being in that area when people are actually smoking. Um, because the smoking laws that were brought in weren't brought in to protect the drinkers in a bar. They were brought in to protect the staff. So um, they... That, that by having no staff in that area within a private members club, you they're sort of skirting around it. But it's um it's not an easy thing to maintain, and it's not an easy you couldn't do it say in a bar, but in um because it the the, the law starts to say that you have to, it has to be outside, and they've even tightened up on what their their definition was because so many bars started to have very sort of rooms um and again, but it, but when you start to talk look at Europe. Uh, Overall, it varies tremendously. Just look in Berlin, for example. Um, you'll have bars which are not um, have smoking rooms. So you've got Prince Connect, which has a smoking room at the back. You've got um, New Action that has a um, no New Action, which you can smoke everywhere. You're smoking mm-hmm. cigars. You've got Munchmans, which has a smoking room at the back. So it varies. Literally, the rules. Um, Choiner is smoking everywhere. So it, depends bar to bar um so there are the same laws because the european laws but they are applied differently in different countries so wow but yeah it's uh i love the fact that there are bars in in berlin where you can smoke and do smoke play it's fantastic new action is fantastic for that such a sex oh yes and that's why they hold smoke out in vegas because vegas is one of the few states now where smoking indoors in bars is permitted 
Yeah, Vegas has a, a lot of laws like that for a variety of reasons. But my friend Bob goes to smoke out every year and has a, a fantastic time. Yeah. So um, is there anything else to cover or? So looking at the list, um, storage? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, so, so say you've got a cigar collection going. Um, what do you need to know to store them properly? Um, moisture. That's the big thing when it comes to storing cigars. Cigars will dry out quite quickly um, if you don't keep them moist. So um, if you're talking about a few cigars, then your periods, you can keep them in um, specialist packages, which have a, a piece of cardboard in the back with of permeable plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking to start a cigar collection, especially if you're going to start buying, you talked about um, mixed packs of cigars, so you're going to be buying you know, boxes or you know numbers of cigars at a time it is definitely worth investing in the humidor um you can get them very cheaply um they're not they used to be very much a status symbol they've become far more common and therefore they've become much much cheaper you can get them off ebay for really reasonable amounts and they are definitely worth the investment without without a humidor a cigar will go from a beautiful thing to smoke to a twig that will burn really quick you might as well just smoke a piece of rolled up newspaper <laughs> it's really it will have no pleasure it will have no taste and it, it will be pointless and and it you probably won't be able to smoke it all because it will be cracking as you smoke it and you know it just becomes unmanageable so a, a wasted investment so to speak absolutely so when you start to think um, to, to talk about humidors, um, there's two ways of there's two ways of um, keeping them moist. Most humidors have a basically a little plastic tub. Uh, those are filled with silica gel or Oasis, you know the green stuff they put flowers in. Uh, yeah. That basically is something that will um, hold the water and release it, and you use distilled water. Therefore, you're not building up any any um, calcium. Um, within the within the, the um humidor so they're pretty straightforward you can get gel packs i'll be honest i've not had a great deal a, some great experience with um, gel packs i've had other people who rave about them maybe i haven't tried the right brands um but it's so i'm still old-fashioned um just keep pouring in my distilled water just check it at least once a week uh, and then you start to talk about how much do you want it? And again, this will affect the flavor of the cigars. <laughs> and yeah, not that. <laughs> again, Sorry. that's what he said. <laughs> yeah. um, that will affect the flavor of the cigars. So um, most people are somewhere between 60 and 80. I'm bang in the middle. I try to keep mine around 70. It's not an uncommon number. It's probably the most common percentage in terms of percentage humidity. So you've got to find a way a good way to keep them because without a good humidor they won't last very long and you would have completely wasted your money and if you um then start smoking them you'll probably become very disappointed very quickly especially if you're a beginner and you start thinking why do people smoke these they're disgusting so it's it is i say definitely worth um worth investing in a humidor the other things to invest in are a good cigar lighter you can get them quite cheaply um, I've seen them in the US, really nice ones, about $5 in cigar shops. What you want um, is a cigar lighter that looks more like you could make creme brulee with it. 
Yes, they yeah. are no. mini blow torches. They are. Right. And from uh, what I've heard, cigar cutters are absolutely the worst thing you can do to light your cigar. You you cut the end and then light it with a standard lighter. Doesn't that just damage the cigar? It depends on the size of the cigar. So um so in terms of so in terms of um there's two ways to, to, to prepare your cigar. Obviously cigar comes with an open end and a closed end the closed end you want to be able to get oxygen through because that's the that's the end that's going to go in your mouth there's two ways of getting oxygen through and that's either a cutter or a punch and they do what they say on the tin really one cuts the end one punches a hole in it um with smaller size cigars you have to cut them you can't punch them they're virtually impossible to punch and they're certainly very awkward to punch. Um, with larger gauge cigars, you want to you want to punch them because um, to cut them they tend to unravel more. But again, cutting and punching is often it's more about um, personal preference. Um, um, sorry, I have heard it does affect the flavour because what I've heard I don't know how true this is. Obviously, I'm not that experienced. Uh, when you punch, it obviously makes a much smaller hole, which concentrates the smoke. Yes, and intensifies the flavour. Is that true? Would you say? Um, yes, it does. And uh, um, <coughs> and and again, this is also it means that if you're newer to it, if you're beginning, starting on a smaller gauge, which you have to cut, makes it much um, gentler and a much easier smoke. So it's it. <laughs> Some of it is experimentation to see what your taste is, which you prefer um, in terms of humidity, in terms of cutting. The the trick with the lighting of a cigar, as I say, is to use a really good cigar lighter, which is a, a, a jet lighter. Um, mm-hmm. you, can get, you can get them in single, double or triple jet. I tend to use a triple jet because I use my, I, I prefer um, wider gauge cigars. Um, mm-hmm. To light the cigar, firstly, You'll see people holding a cigar and lighting the end before they put it in their mouth. The reason for that is you want to make sure that you've lit the edges of the cigar quite evenly, because if you catch, if you don't actually catch one of those edges, obviously it's not going to burn evenly. So by being able to catch all of the edges around first, then put it in your mouth, then breathe through to halt to get some oxygen coming through, and then finish off lighting it. And you'll see that. As people do that, they will often turn the cigar. And again, this is to make sure that the cigar is being lit evenly because you want the cigar to burn. And if it's got, it's going to have any chance of doing that, it has to be. And, and also, as you smoke the cigar, again, you continue to, to turn the cigar. And um, one of the things that you'll see people doing as well is they start smoking the cigar, smoking it, they might pull out the light and just burn it up. Uh, sorry, Tony. Um, you've gone very quiet and broken. Yeah, uh, I, I, same on this end as well. Sorry. Um, maybe it's oh, you're back. I'm back. Okay. So, not sure where you got to. Um, so I'm saying about when you when people are um lighting a cigar, you'll often see them. They'll burn the edge of the cigar first, mm-hmm. and then they'll bring it to their mouth, and they'll they'll finish it off actually while they're smoking it. Um, again sometimes turning it to make sure that it's lit evenly and the reason for this is because you want the cigar to be lit evenly so it burns evenly but 
some cigars, as you're burning them, as you're smoking them, they won't quite burn quite evenly. You may get a lip. So sometimes you'll see people pulling out a cigar just to take that little lip off. Again, that's encouraging the cigar to continue from that point to burn more evenly. So actually just um, if you're interested in getting into cigars, just watching how people light their cigars, how they um, maintain their cigar burning. It's a really great way of just um, being able to pick these little tricks up. And the other resource that's really good for this, obviously, is YouTube. YouTube's great for if you want to learn about anything. And there are some really good um, there's some really good short videos on YouTube around how to cut your cigar, how to maintain your cigars, how to um, smoke them. It, it, it is any form of BDSM. It's about understanding the equipment that you're using, how to apply that, and um, then the discussion and consent. And cigar plays no different. It really is it's about understanding the cigar. It's about understanding the equipment that you're going to use, whether that be a punch or a, um, a cutter, um, the, using the right type of lighter, and then understanding how that cigar's burning and what you're going to do during that play. Are you going to um, flick ash onto your boots and have them lick it off? Are you going to um, be, be getting them to smoke, um, take your smoke? Um, are you going to get start to get heavier? Are you going to start to ash them? Um, how heavy can they take that? How hot do, can they take the ash? Um, the more you spread the ash over, the more it's going to give an, in, an instant feel of heat, but not it's not going to burn them. And then, so it's about the consent. It's about understanding what their ability is. And even down to understanding how much they've taken cigar smoke before. Because as I say, if they've, if they've never taken cigar smoke and you put them in a gas mask and start feeding them lots of cigar smoke, you may have to clean your gas mask out afterwards. Because it's, <laughs> it's not going to be... So uh, it, it, as a, as a, uh, a sir, a top... Start off light for yourself. Start off with smaller gauges, um, shorter sizes, full stubbies. Get used to smoking it. Get used to lighting it. Get used to the feel of it. Then start. And so, and it's the same with playing. Start if someone's new to it. Start them off light. Start them off easy, and then let them build up. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for. Uh, coming on our show today i've learned so much and i look forward to trying out all of this <laughs> <laughs> knowledge you can use that's what it's about oh yes um so if our listeners wish to contact us um our email twitter and facebook will be in the show notes uh you can contact me personally on twitter at at craig the mouse and you can contact me on mastodon at bootback club at kinky.business and uh, I am at Arzer on kinky.business, and you can find me on Telegram as at ArterGL. Feel free to send me a message. Thank you. Uh, Tony, uh, how can people reach you? Um, the easiest way is through t- Twitter. Um, I'm at Daddy, with the, the A is a four, so it's D4DDY underscore T. So at Brilliant. Um, <laughs> if anybody has any questions, just drop me a message. More than happy to help. Yes. Um, and until next time, happy smoking.